report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He lays a Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. We're once again joined by a friend of the show, David, and it's really good to have you back. I feel like it's been forever. I know. I'm really happy to be back, guys. It's been a while. God, it was just like Too yesterday. long. Too long. Yeah. It doesn't feel like yesterday. It feels like yeah. it was 10 minutes ago. But I don't know. I mean... I like the idea of it was just yesterday. <laughs> A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Hey, nice of you exactly. to bring that up, because there will be a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. This Thursday, if you're lucky, but definitely Friday of this week coming up, we finally get our wish of Star Wars The Force Awakens hits the screens. Wait, there's a, there's a Star Wars movie coming out this week? <laughs> I saw the toys. Oh, is that what all this stuff was about? There's I, I a saw ton. Of, like, there was like some saw the Star toys Wars you... stuff. You obviously haven't been to the grocery store because you can't get shampoo right now without it being Star Wars. I love it. Actually, and, I was on... Yeah, just makeup, too, as well. Uh, although I don't wear makeup. I yeah. saw... Uh, I, I don't know if this is... I think it was serious. I don't know if it was a joke, though. Maybe it was a joke. But um, someone on Facebook posted a, a photo of, like, a bunch of, like, a, uh, a bunch of oranges. Mm. And it had BB-8... <laughs> branding on it oh that's oh, awesome funny. i did not see that <laughs> oh, man. So i was like that's oh disney perfect. you've gone too far and i'm like oh <laughs> this is great i will take bring on the star wars i will take as much star wars as you want to throw at me you can't go like two feet though without seeing something star wars yeah. right now i i had a friend that too. joked about um they need to combine pumpkin spice and star wars right now because you make a killing oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely so oh, yes but, uh, but no it's, it's you... great and we've got a hard to believe we've got a new star wars movie just days days away hours yeah. if you count hours in the i don't know it's still about 100 or so <laughs> still it, it's gonna be fun i'm so looking forward to this yeah okay well actually yeah we're that... under 100 hours till the force awakens oh my wow. gosh wow wow Okay, let's uh, we should we should continue the episode, but yeah, I know the Force let's, Awakens. Let, let let's get week. into this. Uh, we've got an episode to go. We we can talk Force Awakens all night, which I think we're gonna have to figure out a podcast after the. Oh, Force we Awakens. will be recording opening weekend. You can uh, <laughs> you can believe that. But first, we have Legacy oh. Tom. What are we talking yes. about in this episode? We are we are reviewing season two, episode nine, Legacy, written by Henry Gilroy and directed by. Mel Zaire, Zwire, is that a new? He new to this one? Uh, wow. Yes, yes. He, uh, I believe, he is new to the uh, the show as well. Director Mel Zwire. Okay. Uh, the synopsis for the episode is: After seeing his parents in a strange vision, Ezra believes they may still be alive. He heads back to Lothal for answers, while the Empire comes to Gorel, hoping to crush the rebellion. And I wish I could roll my R like Admiral Tarkin because that would be perfect. <laughs> right crushed it with one swift stroke. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So it's fascinating to find out that I guess the original title for this episode was The Secret of Prisoner X1. But um, we'll see what happens with that. But that does play into the episode with this uh, X1 thing. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. the, the original title was The Secret of uh, Prisoner X1. I'm sorry, not X1, X10. Secret of Prisoner Oh, sorry, X10. X10. And well, you um, forgot us. And uh, and they changed it at, at almost the last minute. Uh, they changed it from the Secret of Prisoner X10 to Legacy. Um, there are there are a few sources that are saying um, that the Secret of Prisoner X10 has been shifted. That 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 name has been shifted to the next episode that will uh, be airing uh, after we return from. Uh, uh, you know the, the end of the year um, for the the second half of the season, but uh, I haven't confirmed that with Lucasfilm yet. Um, I do know, however, that the, it was the original title of this episode and it was changed. Um, that that wouldn't surprise me, given that the whole secret is not that 
Yeah, I feel like there's more to come for that later. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope yeah. so because it. Okay, we'll 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 get into this more we'll in a little there. bit. Uh, yeah, I have some some thoughts on this, but okay. before that, we have Ezra's dream, uh, and it, as all good Force users do, he had a a dream or a vision um, of something, uh, future, the past, long old friends, long gone. I believe is what Yoda says. I want to go ahead um, and say that uh, it feels like he's standing on Pride Rock when the one of the first scenes in the dream like Lion King or something <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was well, like you know, when I saw was, that I was like wait what yeah there was a love cat in there so that kind of ties That's, in the, yeah. Wow. yeah all of this from, be... from Aladdin to the Lion King <laughs> um, wow. Disney's really making good their one. mark uh, good one <laughs> no I'm kidding yeah Disney uh, God I didn't even think about that duh <laughs> Yeah, they're just they're just trying to uh, say cut down on production costs, so they just insert rock up there. <laughs> uh, Next thing you know, you're gonna have a uh, some sort of beast that talks, and uh, oh wait, that's yeah. it. Uh, no, oh, sorry. God. Anyway, uh, moving, on, moving on. Moving um, on. Uh, okay, so. I, I lost track of where I was. Well, uh, the but, vision, the dream, yeah, whatever the vision, you want to call it. The love cat. Yes. Uh, the white loth cat. The white, white loth cat. Yeah, so Ezra only sees this white loth cat and starts walking toward it, and all of a sudden he's transported to this imperial cell, uh, and then he sees a mysterious man in a hood who we find out is the, the prisoner X-10, and then he falls through a hole in the floor, and oh, oh he fell out of his bed. Um, and, and he wakes up, and and this kind of this vision, as it, as it does with for most force users, kind of spurs this uh, the the events of this episode, much like with you know Luke and with Anakin. Uh, Ezra has this vision, and it, it prompts him to uh, to kind of act on it. And and so we find out that I thought this was kind of odd. We find out that uh, Kanan and Hera have not told Ezra everything. Right? He didn't really want to talk about his parents, and so. They didn't tell him that they eventually found out some information from Sibo, uh, from season one, that uh, Ezra's parents were taken to one of more than a thousand prisons. I'm not sure which one, uh, and they, Canon and Ezra, they, sorry, Canon and Hera, they surged high and low. They called in every favor they could. They even asked Senator Organa for help, uh, but ultimately they couldn't find any information about his parents. And then Hera says, "Well, I'm sorry we didn't tell you earlier." I'm like, mm. "Okay, well, I." I guess because they were trying to find information, but Ezra didn't want to talk about them, and they learned nothing except for that right. they were taken to a prison. Yep. It so was one of, what one of was there to thousand. apologize for? It seems odd. They, they seemed like overly apologetic, like, we found out your parents were alive, but we didn't tell you. Like, that kind of apologetic instead of, well, oh, yeah, we did some digging, but, you know, there wasn't anything. There wasn't really a reason to tell you. But to a certain extent, you can see the point to where we found, we found out your parents alive, but we had absolutely no information of exactly where we could go to bail them out. Because basically, it was one of a thousand prisons, and there was no guarantee that by the time they get there, they would still be alive. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, right. that, that's my point. And that they, they seemed overly apologetic for not having much information. Like, there really wasn't anything they could have told him. Right. But... Uh, it's really a minor, minor note in this in this episode. I I felt that way a lot about a lot of pieces of this episode. I think. Okay. Oh, interesting. Just like it's just like okay, that's that's an interesting choice. I guess we, we can roll with that for now. But yeah, we'll I, I felt like the dialogue and the writing was just kind of uh, it, it just kind of led to weird places. Like it was like okay, and. It, and again, I, I kind of said this about the last episode too. Sometimes the dialogue it was just forced, um, and then all of a sudden Ezra gets upset. You know, he got upset a lot, and I'm just going to go ahead and say mm-hmm. he was really needy and angry, and it was kind of like, all right, we get it. Yeah, let's next step. Let's go. Right. Of course, I don't have, I mean, a teenage son or anything like that. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, you know, that is a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see, uh, son. Just kidding. Um, but so Ezra's able to use this vision he, they find out that you know a bunch of prisoners just escaped and he identifies a specific prisoner who's this X-10 arrested on Lothal for treason 
Um, and they decided to try and seek him out. And it was all very, you know, you get the, like, you know, the traditional force scene where Ezra's looking at this giant list of names and he's feeling the force and, oh, that one. Oh, look at that. You just happened to find the one that has to do with Lethal. Maybe we could have done, like, Control-F Lethal and would have been just as easy. <laughs> but uh, that's okay. Because <laughs> they yeah. weren't able to find that information from him. Oh, yeah, he was, uh, he was, because so they didn't have names. Uh, oh, details, right. They were no able names, to see no that. Identity. It, it, oh, he was, was a, uh, he was so arrested I, on Lothal for treason. So they happened to go to the Lothal prison. <laughs> Duh. Interesting. No, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they ever said the prison was was on Lothal, did they? Oh no, no. Oh, I thought they did. I'm no, sorry. they they never did. It was just somehow they and they. But it was it, convenient. There was a love cat. I think I think yeah. the thing that got them to Lothal was the love cat. And Steven, the, uh, unfortunately, uh, they can only search for usernames in the in the database. <laughs> they can't search the strings uh, in the in the description or the body detects. So... Horribly inefficient. <laughs> Just disappointing. Hey, the Empire's databases are not as good as they could be. Let's let's be honest here. You think I'm kidding? I again going back to um, uh, servants of the Empire. I'm, that's a that's a something they actually mention. In the book, so um, but yeah, and then he sees another vision again of the white loft cat and his parents. So it's kind of this recurring thing that's happening over and over and over. You know, I, I really hate to say this, but something that also popped up there. We were talking about the whole Disney thing at the beginning, the the white loft cat, and then you were talking about the the hole that he fell down supposedly mm -hmm. in his vision. I know exactly I mean, where you're going with this. You see it coming. Yes, because I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I know, and I'm I'm sitting here trying really not to say it, but but you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> I have to. I'm sorry. I've got to say it, but it's coming down to Alice in Wonderland down yep. the rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That was it, and and I felt like that was an homage to this because they're chasing it, and it's yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, right. It's interesting. It's right. the disification of Star Wars. Not. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And so then, you know, going back ten minutes, the last episode ended with this whole thing where the Inquisitors now know where the Rebel base is. And mm -hmm. finally, like five minutes into the episode, we finally get to get to the point of, oh yeah, the Inquisitors have told Admiral Constantine, mm -hmm. who's running the fleet above Lothal, that, hey, Rebels are on Gorilla. Let's, let's go root him out and call this a day. He doesn't believe him. Yeah, I would... Uh... Don't they have a recording of Ezra saying it? That you <laughs> could, like, play and be like... Hey, I can't wait to get back to our base on Garel. Hey, Admiral Constantine, you think they're all bases on Garel? No, 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 no. Just, those are all here. those are sorcerers' ways. Yeah. It's very old-fashioned. No one believes in that sort of thing anymore. Why? No. And it's interesting, like if you're reading some of the new canon books and whatnot, uh, they talk about how efficient they try to make everything and. Um, to the point of like killing people to make things efficient. Well, then you have these guys that constantly screw up and constantly fail. The Inquisitors, and then um, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the show now. Oh yeah, Callus. Mm -hmm. You know he's he's never been successful. So I don't know why. You know, like when Darth Vader is in Empire Strikes Back, you know he's just killing admirals like nothing. Um, why do they even have anybody? <laughs> yeah, like why? So it's like why doesn't he go to these guys and be like, "All right, force choke you, force choke right. you," just work his way down the line. Right. Um, also remember, also remember back in season one, where you had Tarkin came in and those two, oh, right, God, Resco? yes, and you yeah. had the Inquisitor literally, and just at the last second, they're gone. Yeah. I mean, heads just roll. Heads will. And then roll. they also. They also got rid of the uh, the the, which I swear they reused the model for her, on Lothal. But the the governess governess from Lothal, they got rid of her too. Yep. So it seems like when it comes to inefficiency, the ones that they want to get rid of, they'll get rid of. Oh, yeah, oh, I, for sure. I mean, yeah. Um, and I actually liked how, uh, Agent Callus actually calls that out. He says. Deploy the fleet to Garel. Uh, hopefully, and he says something to the effect of like, hopefully we'll be able to do together what we haven't been able to do, uh, what we haven't been able to achieve separately. Right. Because um, you're right, they've all 
constantly, Constantine, failed um, at their jobs. They're mm-hmm. pretty incompetent, mm-hmm. if, if we're being honest here. That or the Rebels just absurdly good. Uh, and it's probably a little bit of both, but... Right. Well, this episode didn't really help their reputation either, unfortunately. But... No, no, no. Yeah. That, that is true. Um, so you know, the moment the rebels the rebels figure out the empire is on its way, just as the star destroyers appear in the sky, Zeb and Chopper are ambushed by the stormtroopers. Cannon and Ezra run off to rescue them, and we end up with this this kind of cool fight in the the hangar bay where you know they get cornered and Ezra just goes crazy, yeah, right, and he just yeah. r- he rush runs straight at Callus, you know that knocking, combat training came in exactly. Yeah. You know, knocking him down, like, he th- basically throws him against the wall with the force. And, and Kanan's looking at him going, yep, yep, that's that's my kid. I taught him how to do that. Okay, but, but it's interesting, it, though, that... he just being a little too reckless, though? Right, exactly. I, I mean, was, that, yeah. that's the other thing. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And maybe that's because um, Kanan is not so trained either. And so he's just like, hey, that guy got angry at work. And so, whereas, like, you know, Obi-Wan would be like, anger is the path to the dark side. You shouldn't do that. And, right. you know, just because you're frustrated, you know. Okay, but that kind of goes back. I mean, that goes against something that I think Kanan said in the first season about the way Ezra goes off on the, off like that. Because I swear there's, a, there's one point in which Kanan even says you know, that worries me. And yeah. now all of a sudden oh, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's like not to say it's brushed over, but it's like, you know, Kanan kind of taking pride that this happened, but, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sitting there saying, look, you know, he was to remember, you can't, you can't keep doing this because you're going to start bringing the dark side in. Right. He, he was definitely being reckless for sure. Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that's why, as soon as the, uh, as soon as the Inquisitors show up, you know, Ezra sees them. He just tries to bum rush them again, running straight at him, and all of a sudden, um, you know, Kanan shuts the the doors between right. Ezra Since and stop him. fighting the Inquisitors has worked every other time. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's still it was, it was kind of a kind of a neat fight scene, despite the, the fact that Ezra's going a little bit overboard. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it was fascinating to see all the rebel ships escape from that from uh, yes. Gareel. And it's cool that that the fleet is very very small compared to Return of the Jedi when they right. built up the fleet. And I did think it was interesting. I feel like that some of the you know, like the, I think it's the GR-75 transport that you see leaving Hoth. Like, you can kind of see that design sort of in some of these transports, and there's some new ships like that. Um, I just thought, you know, or maybe we haven't seen them much except for Rebels, but it's just amazing that their command ship is the Corvette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, again, this is this is one of many rebel cells, and so it's not all the resources oh, yeah. the rebellion has. It, I think it'd be really cool in a future season for them to uh, link up with the Mon Calamarians or something. That would be fun for me. Yeah, yeah, that would I be would my favorite yeah. thing. Yeah, hopefully at some point we would see Admiral Akbar come in. Yes, explain wow. the beginning of his story. Oh man, you're making me so excited. <laughs> well, but but it also depends on the story group and where in time of the rebellion the right. Mon Calamari do come in. That's a good point. Yeah, it's all dependent on that. Because this is all pre or episode four. Right. Right. So it's like as everybody's leaving the planet, you know, Hera, the the tractor beam, it they grab Sato's ships, right? Shots. They destroy. They manage to destroy one transport with a couple right. of Tie Fighters. To which right. I say, it's about damn time. Uh, <laughs> I just, the Empire needed a win, okay? Just, I felt it in my heart. It was time. <laughs> your, your, the, your inner Imperial needed <laughs> needed a win, Steven? I mean, they had the fleet. It was time, you know? Right. Well, I, I think the... Uh, sorry, I want to go on to the next part, the tractor beam part. You go ahead. No, I, I just... Who? Steven or, uh, Steven or I? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, you've, you've got to the point where you've got the ships leaving, 
uh, Sados' ship gets caught into the tractor beam. So it's like, okay, what is supposed to happen? Everybody is supposed to escape. Nobody's supposed to do a rescue on this. But Hera at least turns the ghost back, and she's just getting ready to line up a shot. Pardon? Sorry, all right. I'll, I'll let you finish. I was about to be to express my disappointment with this scene. Me okay. too. <laughs> all right. Well, well, I'll I, let you I think finish, I, though. Okay. I, I, I'm going to lay out the scene. You've got Hera basically taking the ghost with Sabine as her co-pilot back toward the tractor beam with the clear intent of shooting a torpedo at the tractor beam to disable it to get to rescue Captain Sato's ship so they can jump to light speed. But something happens in which the ghost can't lock on anymore because it was a stay on target. Stay on target, but didn't happen. So what does what does she do? What does Hera do? She takes the ghost and glances or knocks off the tractor beam to rescue Sato. And then Hera escapes into hyperspace. So that, that's that's you know the short of it. So where do you go from here? Steven? Yeah. Steven, what are All your right. thoughts? Yeah, no okay. Thought. So that's me... the short of it, because I think I left a couple things off. But no, that's, so that's, that's, that's about right. So, okay. first of all, we see... We've never really known what the tractor beam is. It's always described, but we never actually see it in place. Okay. You might have... So, we see that it's these two conical pieces on either side of the hangar bay, which is a little odd, but I'll, I'll accept. And what I was desperately... So, and this is where my old... EU fandom starts to really come into play. There's a scene in the Thrawn trilogy where they talk about disrupting tractor beams. And what happens in uh, that book is Luke is captured a tractor beam. He sets a proton torpedo to uh, detonate in front of the emitters, which you know shatters a bunch of shrapnel, which disrupts the tractor beam, and they can escape scot-free. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And Hera's like, oh, let's use the torpedoes and we can escape that way. I'm like, are they going to do something mm-hmm. cool? Are they going to disrupt the tractor beam? Like, mm-hmm. tell me. And it's like, oh, we're just going to run into it somehow without damaging the ghost. And magically, right. it's all better. Yeah, so it's kind of like if you think you are in uh, insert vehicle that we would drive, just to say like a truck. And then you're going to go ram into something very large that's attached. Even if you're going to knock it off, it just seems like there would be a lot more damage even if she grazed it you know what right. i mean and then uh, also yeah. to me if how you get out of a tra- uh, tractor beam is to shoot a proton torpedo at the tractor beam that seems like at some that wouldn't really be someone would have thought about a defense for that you know like their shields are or maybe the shields are down and this is like you know, this, we're going into Star Trek now, but um, you know, at some point, it just seems like somebody would have thought of that, like on the Corvette, because surely they have torpedoes to shoot at it. You know, or shields, maybe. Yeah. yeah. That. No, it was so just... I, the whole scene was like, I, I just kind of watched. I was like, what? <laughs> I desperately wanted a an amazing escape sequence. You know, something like the battle, the Battle of Hoth, where yeah. the rebels, you know escape by by the skin of their teeth you know escaping the blockade all that sort of feeling and instead we got okay the rebels in their space oh most of them are free except for the one ship oh the ship is free okay we're done and like he did they did say so you have like i think a couple star destroyers three star destroyers mm-hmm. over this city how do they let all these ships go and then let's just say the compliments of tie fighters you know you're talking about tie fighters in the hundreds Right. And then when um, the ghost was coming back, they showed that little diagram, and the guy was like, you know, oh, there's another ship coming in. He said, let the fighters take care of that. Because all the guns are firing at the Corvette? <laughs> no. Yeah. So why can't we, you know, it's just the whole thing kind of was like, okay, you know, how are these guys getting away without the nipple cannon? <laughs> I, just... you would also, I was going to say, thinking about this, you would all also think the Empire would be coming in in a launch bay and the way they would they the way they are they would just lay waste to those bays regardless of who's in there mm-hmm. yeah yeah and or like they have got... a safety in the back you know like a football <laughs> you know they have another star destroyer waiting in space yeah sorry to interrupt Steven no I was gonna say and we got some cool shots of you know the star destroyers firing on the, pl- the city and it was just this episode felt like it was trying to do two things at once. Like, we had this mystery of the Prisoner X-10 that they were trying to, to to do, and the attack on the Rebel base. 
And I felt if, if we'd focused on either of those, I think the episode would have been really, really good. Instead, I felt like they tried to do both, which meant both got half the time and both felt kind of shoddily done, in my opinion. You you guys maybe think that this in the last episode, I also mentioned this as well. This is just maybe filler to get us to the next point, um, to the next to the story arc that they want to finish up the season in. Yeah. That's How many awesome. episodes do they have uh, planned for the season? Ooh, that I'm is it going to sure. be a, a twenty? Uh, they said it was or in the in the thirteen. Like they last said, it was about twice as many as uh, last season, but they have never specified the exact number. Oh, okay. Uh, if, okay. I, if I so had to not... guess, it would probably be in the 20 range. Okay, so see, I'm thinking that we're, like, um, nearing the end of the season. But... Oh, no, no, no. We are we're halfway through. Okay, yeah. so uh, now uh, they're just maybe getting to the next arc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so these would be the two filler episodes before it hopefully starts kicking in after uh, first of the year. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just... I felt like both of these episodes, the one we reviewed just before and this one, like... They both had so much potential, you know, this story of, you know, the Jedi younglings and facing off against the Inquisitors with Ahsoka at your side and, you know, the attack on the rebel base and the mystery prisoner. And I just felt like all these great concepts just kind of fell flat. And I suppose well, that kind of spoils my review for the end. But Well, and, and maybe uh, what they could be doing, just quite honestly, is buying their time until Episode 7 comes out and then they can put in story elements that reference what's going on there. Yeah. Um, so and so maybe they're just kind, kind of, of waiting a, for that story to come in. To be honest, I'm surprised shield. they didn't start to hint at potential. I mean, obviously it's it's you know, what forty years before uh, the Force Awakens, so there's only so much they can really do to hint at the new film. But I'm right. surprised they didn't as the as the episode that's airing very close to the Force Awakens. I'm surprised they didn't do more. Well, and I think. Uh, either J.J. Abrams or somebody had mentioned that um, in the books and everything after uh, uh, September 4th and all that stuff that came around that there are hints um, Mm -hmm. laid out so that when if you were to go and watch episode 7 in less than 100 hours I think William you figured out um, (laughs) then uh, you can go back and now watch these things and then get a lot more out of it because now you're seeing the references Uh, see I've got a I have a problem with that. I, I I got burned back in the 90s, early 2000s when it comes to comic books that if you want to read a full story, you have to get four or five comics from different characters. Like, I, I'm a big DC guy. I, I, I love DC. And I remember there was a comic run to where I had, I'm a Green Lantern fan, huge. I had to get Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, Flash, Green Arrow, Every week I had to get one of those comics just to read a full story. And for me it got expensive because I just want my one comic. I did fall in love with Green, Lant- uh, Green Arrow, loved Oliver Queen when, when he came back with uh, Kevin Smith writing it for Quiver. And then got, you know, started liking Flash. But it got to a point where I just couldn't keep that going. And my point is... I'm to the point to where if I have to watch all these little things to get a reference for something else, especially a TV series to go into, you know, a movie or to go to a movie to get a TV series, that that to me doesn't work. I, I just want the story on one level. Right. Now, and, and, and Tom, like, I don't think that's their, their, that's their intention at all. And, and uh, I hope that's not going to be no, the case. No, it's more of like that's a, hey, if you... turned off on, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's why I'm happy when it comes right. to... The, sorry, sorry to interrupt. That's why I'm happy that DC, if they keep the two universes separate, the movie and the TV, I'm totally on with that. Because all I have to do is just watch the TV shows and get the story. But when it came to S.H.I.E.L.D., it's like, I don't want to have to go watch Avengers and understand S.H.I.E.L.D. And then at this episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., oh my god, it's going to reference straight in because they tried that with Star Trek years ago. Where they, they did it to the movies. And that worked, but that was a one-shot. Yeah, I, I think you can kind of have both where they can exist in the same world and yet not be required viewing you know well i think it's like uh disney is doing with uh marvel and the avengers like you alluded to you know i went and watched the avengers um not being a huge fan of all that stuff but just enjoyed it watch the avengers love the movie and then i saw a post on something that said uh you know was talking about all the if you watch all these things in this order it'll all make sense then when i watched the avengers again not having had watched thor the first time and all this stuff i started getting all these 
comments and hints that they had. So it's I think it's uh, it's a self evident story, and everything right. will be or not self evident self. Um, sustained story and contained but then uh if you go back it'll be rewarding repeated listenings or sorry watchings right it's for the for the people who are excited about the new movie they can they can try to read these other ancillary things and get excited right. and try to find the hints and if you go right. back and watch it later or read it later you'll be excited to see the hints but it's not by no means required yeah i to, mean i i everything. but yeah and i'm not i'm not knocking the idea i think it's pretty cool that it's like you know, when you're sitting there watching something and the light bulb goes off, yeah. you know, or you read right. something and the light bulb right. goes off because it's the thing, too, where I just finished Lost Stars. And then you finally figure it out, if it's true, what happens at the end of Lost Stars ends up on Jakku. And that's what you're seeing on Jakku. Right. So that's kind of cool to make that kind of a connection exactly that that's what it's supposed to be but right. but alas we're getting very yeah, off track I'm, I'm, we I'm have sorry. a little bit well that's okay i am, because I am literally off my my soapbox because my feet are sitting on a soapbox so my feet are off the soapbox now so we have well, to i back. think as in steven may have said this this is a two-part this is a two episodes too many episodes in one and so that was a good time to have that because now we're going on to the next uh half of the episode yes okay that is true that is true uh, so, you know, Kanan and Ezra have escaped in the Phantom. They've escaped Garel. Um, basically, Hera is gone from the rest of the episode, right? She she decides yep. to stick with the fl- with the fleet, and that's it. We don't really see her anymore. She just disappears without a without a trace, um, which is a a little bit disappointing. But you know, they had other stuff to focus on, mm-hmm. uh, and they. They travel to Ezra's home, which we find out has burned to the ground. I thought it burned to the ground in season one um, when they were attacked, but maybe that's that's not the case. Or at least when the Empire bombed Garel. Um, and sure enough, a white Lothcat jumps out of a hole in the ground. I think that was the hole that they were hiding in. in it fact. was. Yep, it was. Uh, I think he had a wa- like a pocket watch, too, didn't he? Or was that another movie i'm thinking of sorry i had to go back to alice in wonderland something else oh <laughs> dude i had to had to oh, do it jeez oh. i will oh, say okay. that when i watch this my dog really enjoys anything that looks like a dog on tv and she was watching this part just as intently as i was wow okay star wars fan dog <laughs> As it should nothing, be. nothing wrong yep. with that. Yeah. Um, but then we get this little chase through the streets uh, of Lothal because the Lothcat, Ezra starts to pet it, and the Lothcat catches bolts and runs off. I'm a little curious about exactly what causes the Lothcat to to run off. It just wanted to, you know, the force. Um, the, the force. It, maybe it was the force. That's the only explanation I can think of because there's a couple odd things about this chase sequence once one um uh the ezra ends up losing the loth cat and kanan looks at him like uh, uh, like oh my gosh she just lost him now what are we gonna do and ezra says well don't worry i can track him mm-hmm. and you get this nice little moment where kanan's like with the fo- you know with the force you're not that strong or you, you've progressed much further than i thought if you can track a loth cat with the force and he reveals no 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 i put a tracker on the loth cat but, yeah, that's kind of that cool uh, transition from, like, the smuggler boy. It's like a, a mix between a Han Solo-type character and a Luke-type character. Like, yeah. there's the practical side, yeah. and then yeah. there's the Force side. It's kind of a cool mix in Ezra. But my question is, like, when did he put the tracker on? Like, right. Why would he think to put a tracker on the Lothcat while he was petting the Lothcat? A suspension right. of disbelief. you got to go with this. <laughs> uh, and then we see the Lothcat... You know, when it escaped, it jumped on the top of the speeder, and they end up following the Lothcat, and they see that same speeder, and it happens to belong to the prisoner X10, uh, and so maybe it is the fourth. I have no idea how that um, that Lothcat knew to run back to its owner um, and yeah, basically Tuna. lead Ezra. It makes for one hell of a coincidence. Well, right. but maybe the Lothcat knows the sound of the engine of a speeder 
bike warming up and he knew that my master's leaving and I need to go? <laughs> There's a lot of fate in Star Wars. This one was just a lot of fate. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. But we, we got a nice little moment where um, Ezra and the, the fast little fuzzball, as he called them, uh, jump over some unaware stormtroopers. And... It was a good shot. Yeah, a bit was... Aladdin-esque, but a good shot. Yes. That is true. That was fun. That yeah. is true. The one thing I did like, though, is when we finally meet X-10, what was very interesting is X-10 did shoot at Ezra and Kanan thinking they were bounty hunters. But to have Ezra come up and say, hey, you know, we're not bounty hunters. We're, we're trying to, you know, find information on my parents. Do you happen to know my parents? I thought it was cool that, yes, here's a character voiced by Clancy Brown, but I thought that character looked a lot like Clancy Brown, even though, you know, it's not the name of the character, which is Ryder as a... As Azadi. Ryder Azadi. Azadi. Thank you. Ryder yeah. Azadi. Yeah, and he, you know, I, I think you're right. He does look a lot like Clancy Brown, who voiced yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of an interesting character, too. You know, we find out, you know, once Ezra reveals his name uh, and and Ryder starts, stop, stop shooting at him, uh, they kind of sit down in Ryder's house, I guess. Um it, it was like an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, kind of like a, you know, a Hubble yeah. type of thing. And we find out that, you know, apparently he's been looking for Ezra, but Ezra found him first. And he's actually the former governor of Lothal. Uh, before the Empire came, he was the governor, and he, saw, he sided with the Bridgers, you know, against the, the tyranny of the Empire, and was accused of treason and thrown in prison with Ezra's parents. And Ezra slowly kind of starts to remember Ryder and, you know, mm. and this, this type of thing. And then we get the thing that uh, has kind of been dangling over the, over the show for, for a while now, for you know, a season and a half. That along with Darth Vader. And, uh, and Ryder tells Ezra about the fate of his parents. Which I thought had to happen because I was yeah. like yeah. When, when he was kind of pausing for a second I was like well of course they're going to be dead because if they're not and he saves them or if he did he would have to uh, save them and then they died or something like that because um, but that would be really cruel for a Disney show I think but um, what, what else were they going to do say oh hey parents I'm going to go hang out with my friends now and live with them still you know it, it would just really change the dynamic of the show way too much yeah, but the whole family would have been in hiding. I mean, and, and then again, I don't know how much of the dynamic it would have changed, but they could have been a strong um, a strong symbol for the rebellion. Right. Well, I feel like we did so much character development to make the show uh, really great in the first season that I don't right. think I can handle a new set of characters. Because adding two more characters that we don't know about is, is a lot. I mean, adding right. in the guys from the Clone Wars is cool because we already know about them. Right. But having to develop these characters again and the relationships and then how are they going to, they're going to have to have an episode where they go off with Chopper and then that, you know what I mean? It's right. just, just we, We've already had all that, so. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to hear what you guys think of, of how they went about it though, right? Because they, they obviously couldn't have the parents be still alive. But I, I don't know. They, about they took that. the or, or maybe they maybe they could, but they took kind of an unexpected route um uh, with with the way they went about this, right? Your your typical show would probably have some sort of breakout where they would you know, you'd find out that maybe they were still alive, you'd you'd break them out mm. and then they would die or you know, they would sacrifice themselves mid escape and and uh, you know, Ezra would be sad and it would be all over. But in in this episode, what they actually did is, you know, they, they had that whole pl plot element, but Ezra just didn't break them out. And we find out that, you know, remember when uh, Ezra sent that message kind of rallying the troops at the end of, mm -hmm. uh, of season one, uh, you know, he in inspired the galaxy. Uh, that inspired his parents, too. They somehow heard it in prison. It inspired them, and they... They basically um, organized a prison break, the, and dozens of rebel sympathizers uh, managed to escape this imperial prison. We don't know the location, but they managed to escape. Unfortunately, his parents were split up during the escape and didn't make it out, uh, and, and they ended up dying. But Ryder escaped and came back to Lothal. 
I, I just don't know if I buy it. So, yeah, so there's those two pieces. One, do we buy it? And two, if it's true, it's kind of anticlimactic to have it all happen through exposition and be like, oh, yeah, your parents were alive until last night. Mm. And they're dead. Sucks to be And you. there was this big prison break. You don't get to see any of it. <laughs> we're just going to tell you about it. And well, uh, let's move on. Well, if you want to see a good prison break, just go see The Great Escape. Because technically, other than a message, if it was supposed to be a big prison break, that's exactly how it kind of ended up to me. Right. It, and, and just, it just as felt rally. kind of anticlimactic to me. Right. Well, the whole uh, episode kind of ends up like that because the yeah. first episode was so much action and there's this weirdness and then the end of this episode is nothing happens really except that you find out information and then it's all drama after that point, which is a little bit different than the whole tone of the show. And right. in a way, I kind of liked it because I thought it was cool to get this, again, the drama here, but um, you've had so many of these is was sad, and then Big Brother guy comes and makes him feel better. Um, but it, the whole end of the episode, like the logo came up, and it wasn't ba ba. Yeah, it was very, very much, much more down. That's the end. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I just I felt like um. I felt like the 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 fact that it wasn't like one of the Inquisitors or Callus telling Ezra, "No, I killed your parents." It wasn't like. Um, yeah, you didn't see him get broken out. It was just more of like a, yeah, I'm friends with your parents. I, I know your family. We all broke out. They're dead. Okay, it, and Ezra kind of cries, and we move on. It was just very. It was a, kind of a letdown a after soft, all the buildup. Yeah, it was a soft letdown. But what I found fascinating was the vision that he had afterward, yes. with a very peaceful Lothal and his parents standing at that communication tower that we originally saw Ezra at the first episode with Kanan. And it's just like, you know what? They're sitting there telling him, look, you know, we're proud of you and you've got to stay strong. And then, you know, just you, you've got to keep hope because without hope, you know, th there's nothing. But it's just fascinating how that just the vision that popped out of it and just kind of made it peaceful for him at that point that his parents have moved on to a, a, a better place if you want to look at it, you know, and giving him the okay. Right. Just keep your hope up. And they, so. they did tell him that they, you know, they were proud of him and just get yeah. strong. So it, it, you kind of get some resolution with yeah. Ezra's parents. And, and that's cool. how I feel that vision was. It was like, you know, because if they were to pull a switch on this to where they're not dead, that would totally leave this, you know, where what, what was the point of the episode of this, of that moment? Yeah. So. And why would he have a vision about his dead parents? I think it was a cool vision because it was like he's remembering an event that kind of happened or a scene that happened in his past, but he's still referencing present and very interesting. Yep, very much so. Yeah. Um, and okay, one more note: Ephraim Bridger, uh, Ezra's dad, is voiced by D. Bradley Baker. I love D. I love D. so much, but for some reason, when I was listening to Ephraim talk, I just couldn't not think of a clone trooper. <laughs> Did you guys notice that at all, or was it maybe I, was I the only one? Am I just too too attuned to D. D's voice at this point? Honestly, that went right over my head. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I didn't notice. Okay, him. maybe yeah. it's just me then. Did you yeah. know he was D. Bradley Baker before? Um, I knew in the past. I'd for, kind of forgotten because uh, I hadn't really paid close attention. But I was when I was watching the episode, I was like, oh, "That sounds like he sounds like a clone trooper." I'm like, "Oh, that's because he's D." <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of a sad ending, not sad, but just kind of. Uh, very low on the energy after yeah, having so much. Not, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Right. I mean, the episode basically ends with with very Kanan nice. telling Ezra, you know, the Jedi teach that life doesn't cease at death, but merely changes form in the Force. Your parents are inside you, Ezra. They will. They will be always. And then quietly fades out. They'll be out. always. And that's the mid-season finale. It's kind of a strange yeah. way to end. Uh, the first half of the season, a lot of times, like the mid-season finale and then the finale, they'll try to amp up the action and make mm -hmm. have a big cliffhanger to for you to return on. 
And they really yeah. didn't, which is an interesting choice. Well, and that's, that's what I think a lot of these uh, shows, they have to keep it going. they got to pay their bills. And so I'm kind of curious at the choices right now, um, not having any kind of a cliffhanger or clue to what's in the future, except for maybe a revealed episode title about X-10 uh, and how he might be more important. But uh, uh, And I really think, I'm going to go back to this again, I think it's that they're going to have, they're having to wait until episode 7 comes out to add some element of the story um, or at least I hope so, because then that makes me right. So, haha. <laughs> well, but I, I would almost agree with you, Dave, because right now I'm looking at it going, you know, would you really want to go have this show go out with a bang cliffhanger before a really big elephant in the room hits I mean, this Friday? You, or do you yeah. want it to just come in soft because that big elephant in the room is going to take the spotlight off of it? Well, and think about I mean, this too. So, uh, and again, I'm getting way too much into business. You have a bunch of um, kids who are going to be watching Disney XD when they put these on repeat, um, and they're going to have the next two weeks off uh, in a lot of places. So it's it's just a lot of well, I guess you know. Of course, kids don't maybe understand the story arc as much as we're getting into it, but um, I, it just seems like a low um, a low uh, weird moment. I don't I don't get it. I interrupted somebody. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I always do. <laughs> we we have a tendency to talk over each other, so it's you know what? It's par for the podcast. So uh are we ready for our thoughts? I think so. Okay. Sure. Uh who wants to go first? Because I ain't going first this time. Uh I'll go first. Okay, go ahead, Dave. Uh um I think I'm gonna give this one a six out of ten. Womp Rats because uh, I felt like uh, there were some good elements. I, I did feel like this was very strong. I think I agree with Stephen that there's two episodes, two, two mini stories they had to attach into one, but I prefer when they kind of Seinfeld a little bit and they can put two episodes going on at the same time instead of there's the first episode and they stop and then have the next episode all chubbed into one. I would have rather them fleshed out these stories um, so that I could go back to them leaving uh, the planet or something at the end, and that could be the breakaway. Um, but uh, I'm going to give this, uh, what did I say, six? Yeah, uh, six out of ten Womp Rats, and my Womp Rats uh, um, are uh, down in that hole that the cat was in, and <laughs> they're all um, the cat's dinner that evening. And that's what he was running away from. Okay. Mm. I think I said that they were chasing the uh, the the Loth cat was chasing the Womp Rats, and that's why. That's why he jumped on the back of the spider. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but no, I like yours. I like yours. Okay. Uh, I I can go next, I guess. Um, I it was nice to finally get uh, an answer to what happened to Ezra's parents. I I feel like it was a little bit of it's a little bit of a letdown in the way that they explained what happened. Um, the fact that it was just so recent and and yet none of it actually appeared on screen, which was a little disappointing. Um, but it was still enjoyable. I'm very curious to learn more about this guy named X-10 and, and what he's all about and how he'll play a role in the series going forward. Uh, and we got, you know, a couple cool um, fight scenes and uh, etc. So overall, uh, a fun episode, not, uh, not perfect. Um, and not as exciting as I hoped the uh, the reveal of Ezra's parents would be, but uh, but still enjoyable enjoyable nonetheless. So I'm gonna give this episode. I think I'm gonna go with the same as last time actually. Seven and a half Womp Rats. Um, and uh, the thing, the reason why you can probably hear me stalling is I'm trying to decide what to do with my Womp Rats. And I think uh, my seven and a half Womp Rats are actually going to help with the uh, the prison break. Um, Ezra, uh, Ezra's parents managed to do the breakout with these seven and a half Womp Rats. Unfortunately, one half of the Womp Rats got left behind. It would have been eight Womp Rats, but half was left behind. And so Ezra's parents went back for that half a Womp Rat, and that's why they died. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'll go next. Um, Ooh, I don't know, Tom. It's risky. What do you mean? 
Well, I mean, okay. It depends on how we're gonna. Do you want to end on a high note or a low note? <laughs> <sighs> Go ahead, Stephen. You're up. Jeez. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's end on, on a, uh, I, a high note. I will laugh case. so hard if if Tom's rating is lower than Stephen's. Alright, so I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Whoa. Oh, so, that's probably the lowest rating from you this season, Tom. Uh, Stephen. I, I think it is, and I just I feel, I feel let down by this episode. The last one I thought was decent, and I felt like there's this big promise and the big reveal of, or you know, where the rebel base is and how that's gonna play out. And I felt like they, they almost threw that storyline away. Yeah. Like, oh, the rebels, like, oh, we gotta leave our planet. Well, that sucks. Okay, bye. And then they left. And, at, so I felt really let down by that story. And then the the surprise was, of course, Ezra's story, and that I felt like it was just coincidence after coincidence after coincidence mm. and if this is something like and this is something that is a problem with the half hour tv show like this idea of you know ezra's vision and having you know we see all these shots of the episode and then they unplay out over the next 20 minutes i feel like that's a lot cooler when it's something that gets to play out over a couple of episodes because otherwise it's like oh, oh you just showed me everything that happens in this episode that's not really like whoop-de-doo it all just feels so convenient, and even if there is the force working behind it, it just made for... Mm-hmm. I wasn't excited by it, and then it just ended with what I felt like, oh, this mystery prisoner is the old governor. Why is that interesting? Oh, his, Ezra's parents are dead. I, I, okay. It is all yeah. just... I, I felt like there are two stories here. They both had potential, and they both just delivered very, very poorly in my mind. So I'm going to have to give it a 4.5 out of 10... And, uh, ooh, this is tough. Uh, um, with my Womp Rats. Well, so in prison, the Bridgers are trying to orchestrate this big escape, right? But in order to, you know, orchestrate a plan, you have to communicate. And what the Imperials didn't know is there are all these little Womp Rat tunnels that are in the prison, and they send notes that Good way. One. Four and a half Good Womp one. Rats used to coordinate and escape. Nice. Kind of Carrier pigeons, but rats instead. <laughs> nice. The reason why they didn't make it out was that half Womp Rat didn't get the message across yep yep actually before tom you go i i I did forget one thing when i was finishing up my review one big disappointment for me actually was the fact that um i mentioned i would talk about this at the end of the last episode and i we never did uh the seventh sister says she can't wait to go to to visit ezra on garel right the inquisitors were not in this episode really at all aside from the trying to prove that hey they are on garel they had the the airstrike, and that was it. There was no the 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 seventh sister never visited Ezra Angarel, so it's kind of odd that after being so prominent in the last one and, and setting up this this attack, they they really didn't go anywhere. So so do we feel like there's words, they the were writing? Hunting. They, they didn't go hunting in this episode mm-hmm. like they promised in the last episode. Right. So you feel like the. Uh... Writers are not necessarily collaborating on these. They're, I mean, I'm sure that I know they are. And writers, who, if you're listening, I love you, you guys. Uh, but it, I, I, you feel like that's kind of what's happening here. Maybe there's a disjunct in the communication uh, with where we're going with the story. No, and I feel like it. It makes sense, you know, from a pure like technical standpoint, why they they weren't as involved. The the Empire arrived. They were, um, you know, they were, they were in space. They, uh, they kind of took them out. You know, they had this big space battle as they were leaving. Um, I don't know. So that that whole that whole side of things makes sense. And I guess you know what I, actually, I take that back. I take that back. The Inquisitors did show up, and this, that's when Ezra rushes at them. Uh, but they still didn't have much of a presence. They were they were taken out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so quickly that I forgot they were even in the episode forgot aside from that one scene. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, it was a little disappointing. Okay. Yeah. All right, my my rating is a 5.875. I, was you know, I thought going... that was a typo, and I was like, <laughs> no. Tom, that's an oddly no. specific rating. Or I thought you were going to be like, the price is right and do a 4.6. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's that's actually that's actually very okay, specific. So Tom, Trust me. Please, please explain your highly specific rating. Okay, well, well, eight seven five is if you take a look at the measurement on a ruler, and I'm, uh, it, it, it's part of my job, 
I, I need to get down to decimal places, but instead of fractions, I have to use decimal places. And I believe 875 is basically 5 and 7 eighths. Okay. So it's not quite a 6, and it's not a 5 and a half. It's kind of like closer to 6, if you look at it that way on, on the scale. Okay. So that was very specific because I, I didn't want to go lower than Stephen because – you know what? To me, the episode landed with a thud, but it landed softly as a thud to get you into a nice little break to where you're not heart racing and you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see what's going to happen to this because it's literally the character is hanging by a fingernail off of a Star Destroyer that could go into, you know, the, the depths of the universe. It's not that one, not one of those endings. It just landed. So it wasn't a pretty landing, but it landed. So I, I couldn't give it a six, and I couldn't give it a five and a half, so I thought I'd give it as strong as a rating as I can get. Okay. That works. Okay. Yeah. So I am going to take my five and 8.75 Womp Rats, and I'm going to, you know, the escape happened between the Ezra's parents well do you know why they split up because they couldn't decide who was going to take of the six who was going to take the all six so the ones see when the Womp Rats were together as the as Womp Rats they could actually have a better sense of direction but since they were split they went basically two different directions and it got them in trouble which both directions were wrong so it was the Womp Rats that were responsible for getting the, the Britchers. Uh, Prison Break Womp Rats are very popular, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, that was lame. I'm sorry. It worked that way. So, anyway. But we do have a coming up on the Ion Cannon next. So, it's... Yeah, so uh, the next episode is Season 2, Episode 10. Title not quite known. Uh, it may or may not be The Secret of Prisoner X-10 if the title was moved, according to some sources online. But, um... I'm not actually positive, because we said this that, that that was the original title for this episode. Uh, but we did get a little trailer for it at the end of Rebels Recon. Did you guys watch it by chance? Uh, may have posted that on our Facebook page, unless I missed that one and did the one before. It was at the very end of Rebels Recon. No, I guess not. Okay, then yes. Um, but uh, we see Kanan going up against an AT-AT in a Stormtrooper armor while holding a lightsaber, Sweet. and uh, a Ryder is present as well. Uh, in that episode of Rebels Recon, uh, Pablo Hidalgo and Dave Filoni also talk about how uh, we'll get a lot more backstory, and then in the last half of the season, we'll get uh, there'll be an episode focused on Sabine's backstory again, another one about Sabine, and we'll, we'll learn what the Mandalorians are like at that point at that point in time. Hmm. Um, be really interesting. Yeah, there'll be an episode about about Zeb and what it's like to be the last of the, the Lasats, or so he thinks. I say Zeb should get a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that might be interesting. A female is hot. Um, we, uh, we also will get to meet Hera's father, Cham Sindola, who whom we have not seen since the Ryloth arc in the Clone Wars, and we'll learn mm -hmm. what happened to Ryloth. And they have promised that we will definitely get the big confrontation we've been expecting this season <laughs> between uh -huh. uh, Ahsoka and Vader. So... All of that happens next year. Um, but first, the next new Star Wars content we get, guys, mm. is a this brand is new Thursday, movie. Thursday, I'm sorry, Friday, Friday. <laughs> or for those who have the tickets, Thursday, Thursday, that's me. <laughs> 95 some odd hours away as we're recording right. this. So, cannot wait. Uh, David, thank you so much for joining us. As always, yet again. Yep. Yeah, and I really appreciate you guys inviting me. I think actually this is the first, uh, this and the last episode are the only Rebels I've reviewed with you guys yet. I think we did some other stuff, but um, I, I love it. I, I listened to you guys. Right, and, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I think I, we, last time we had you on, we had you on with Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was for uh, the Force Awakens trailer and Dark Disciple. You're right. This is the first Rebels episode yeah, you were on. So. Yeah. So I love it, and I anytime um, you guys are great. Awesome. Cool. Thank you for taking the time to join us and, and, and staying up uh, very late. Yeah. It's pretty late on your end, so appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, do you and want also, to plug anything before we, oh, uh, before we go? 
Oh, you can just follow me on Twitter at um, at David Beal. Awesome. Cool. I before and, E except uh, after C. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening, and we will be back in just a few days with our review of Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I'm getting chills already. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans, by fans, and is copyright 2015.